The Lord be with you. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne. And all the nations will be assembled before him. And he will separate from one, one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of the least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. A stranger and you gave me no welcome. Naked and you gave me no clothing, ill and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or ill or in prison and not minister to your needs? He will answer them, Amen, I say to you, what you did not do for one of the least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So I'm going to do what I did last week and take you back to my glory days of high school, which I'm not going to sing for you this time, which are not that glorious. So I want you to imagine skinny, geeky, 14-year-old me who has finally summoned up enough of adolescent courage that I'm going to ask her to the dance. Her name was Maggie. Oh, she was cute. And so with my heart just racing, I finally squeak out, Maggie, will you go to the dance with me? And she quickly says, no, I'm going with someone else, and then she left. Now, I think that was actually a lie. She was just being merciful to me, and she wanted to get out of this awkward situation as quickly as possible. But rejection, ugh, right? Dagger to the heart. Well, as I mentioned in the beginning, we are now at the end of the church year with this weekend, and the end of the church year points us to the end of times, to Judgment Day, which maybe we tend to think is all about God's rejection, Right? Maybe that God even kind of enjoys Judgment Day a little bit. It's his chance finally for some sweet revenge after all these years of people messing up, like he's going to get a sweet revenge. Maybe we even envision God kind of snickering and smirking as the goats trot off to hell. Burn, baby, burn! You're finally getting what you deserve. Of course not. I mean, remember with me how Jesus, as he entered into Jerusalem, 
for Holy Week was weeping and crying because he knew they were going to reject him and that they were going to kill him. I want to take you through a few quick passages of what the scriptures say. From Ezekiel 18, God says, I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, so turn and live. Paul writes in 1 Timothy, God desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And then Peter explains that the reason why it's taking God so long to come back is because the Lord is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. You see, Jesus' final judgment is actually finalizing our judgment of him. This is crazy. But you tell me, what sovereign king, what supreme judge allows those who are on trial to question him as if he's on trial, as if his verdict is on trial. Lord, when did we see you? But he does. And when he answers them, he speaks the truth and nothing but the truth. And here's the truth. On judgment day, God is not deciding about you. He's already decided about you. The cross is his decision for you. He loves you. He wants you. He chose you. He was willing to die for you. He wants you in heaven with him. Notice the difference in what Jesus eventually says to the sheep and then to the goats. To the sheep, he says this, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. When the world was created, he prepared heaven for us. We're made for heaven. But then listen to what he says to the goats. Depart from me, you accursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. We're not made for hell. We're made for heaven. He's made his decision about us. He wants us in heaven with him. But ultimately, we must decide. God makes the proposal to us, will you go to the dance with me? It's crazy, is it not? Is it not crazy that the creator allows the creature to be the judge? C.S. Lewis talks about this famously in his book, God in the Dock. Now, if you're familiar at all with the, English, the uh, British legal system, when you are on trial, you're a defendant. You're put in, as you can see this guy here, you're put in what's called the dock. And you stand there and you take the questions throughout the entire trial. God puts himself in the dock. In the narrative of Matthew's gospel, this Teaching tonight is the, really basically the final main teaching of Jesus. Matthew 25, the very end, the sheep and the goats. And what happens next? Well, he goes to the upper room, and then he's arrested and he's put on trial. And what's the verdict? Crucify him. Crucify him. This is unbelievable incredible mercy. This is stupid mercy, crazy patience with us. That The cross doesn't become the final ver- verdict of God then. No, he is so patient with us. He so wants us to change our hearts and to repent and to come back to him that the cross actually becomes the proposal. Arms outstretched to us. 
God is still in the dark as he hangs from the cross. And every person must decide, will you choose him? And how we answer that question then, on the very last day, Jesus will reveal our answer. And he'll finalize it. And then separate us like sheep are separated from the goats. Now, if we choose love, if we choose him, everything begins to fall in place. Because if we love him, then we're going to love those that he loves. When God became human, now every human being is identified with God. When we love God, we love others. When we love others, we love God. The two great commandments, love God, love your neighbor, are, are joined together and they cannot be separated. You can't say, oh, I love God, but I don't love my neighbor. You can't say, oh, I love people, but I don't want anything to do with God. You can't separate them. Either one of those is a rejection of Him, and it separates you from Him. But as we choose Him, as He works that in our heart, all of a sudden there's this, this sort of spontaneous, this gracious generous, almost oblivious love that wells up within us. Now the goats, they suggest, well, if we had known it was you, then we would have acted differently. But that's not love. That's (laughs) self-interest. I would have done this for you because then you would have done this for me. (laughs) That's not love. No, love is oblivious, right? When you fall in love, you become oblivious. Everything you do is about this person that you're in love with and that you adore, so much so that you don't even realize everything you do. That's why the sheep said, when did we do that? I want to take you back to the first verse of our reading today. Listen to it. See how it hits you. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, He will sit upon His glorious throne. How does that sit in your heart? What does it stir up within you? Fear? I don't know how that's going to go for me. Pushback? I don't know if I want Him. Indifference? Eh, whatever. Or is it more like you're a giddy teenager because you're about to go out on a date with the one that you adore? He's about to come and pick you up and take you to the eternal dance filled with excitement. Let's get ready for the dance, friends. Let's get ready for the dance. Let's put on our best for him. Not because... That's why he'll, he'll take us to the dance if we put on the best for him. No, no, no. See, he's already decided to take you to the dance. <laughs> so put on your best for him. Because you love him and you adore him. And it's not hard. I mean, you can find him in the face of every human being you meet. Especially those in need. He loves them so deeply. He loves you so deeply. He wants us all to go to the dance with him. <laughs> 